lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go to get clips of this show that you can see yourself and then share with others if you would like youtube.com slash steve dace gentlemen i have very good news or the opposite of that five minutes ago i just remembered it's thursday and therefore theology thursday and i totally forgot so one of our uh fans greatest our favorite uh, topics is just kind of when Right on past you, huh? Yeah, I'm. I may have to. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll be combing through the inbox here, see if there's any questions. <laughs> I just totally forgot. Uh, I, I just totally forgot. Pray for some Holy Spirit power yeah, here yeah, in the next yeah. couple yeah. of minutes. So I'm, that's what I'm. You know, what? I'm going with that story. I'm going with the Spirit wanted it left open. Wanted it left open. I'm going with that. I like that. That's, that's a good kind of story. how you do this whole show, yeah, more yeah, or less. I'm, so that's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm riding that lightning right there. I like that. Thanks for the bailout. I appreciate it. We'll get to three non-political questions. Did you forget about that? Uh, no, I okay. did not. All Barely. Right. All right. So Barely. I'm, I'm the only degenerate here. Uh, our old friend Jesse Kelly is going to join us at the bottom of the hour because he, <sighs> the dude code says it only in the rarest of circumstances can you admit when another dude has come up with something that you wished yourself you would have come up with, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't, otherwise you're, you're a hanger on, you're a groupie, you know what I'm saying? No. I, I, so even if you're like, it, even if you can like, if, if you just like pointed a guy out that he did something good last week, and if he does it something good like the next week, you like can't say anything about it, right? Because if you just, if you keep, if, if, you, if you just keep hanging on that guy's jock, reflects poorly on you right right yeah okay this is one of those rare circumstances right i hope i'm okay by the dude code because over the weekend i it was one of those one of those moments i logged on to twitter on a saturday to see what was going on and i saw what jesse was kelly was kelly was up to and i thought snap and it was so Why obvious too. Like exactly. months ago. Yes. I know. It's perfect. All right. So he's going to tell us about it. Uh, that's coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Bullshit on Parade. New handwritten notes from disgraced former FBI agent Peter Strzok were released by the Department of Justice yesterday in federal court. The notes confirm that the case against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn was indeed ordered by President Obama and Vice President Joe Biden on January 5th, 2017. The notes also indicate that it was Joe Biden himself who personally suggested the use of the Logan Act to go after Flynn, and it was Obama who explicitly directed FBI Chief James Comey to use, quote-unquote, the right people to harass Flynn. In other news from the swamp, Senator Tim Scott is really hopping mad that Democrats didn't vote for his police reform amendments, even though they're chock full of placations to groups like Black Lives Matter. Here's the truth. In Detroit, Atlanta, Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, all these cities could have banned chokeholds themselves. 
They could have increased the police reporting themselves. They could have more data information themselves. They could have de-escalation training themselves. They could have duty to intervene themselves. Minneapolis as well. All these communities have been run by Democrats for decades. Decades. What is the ROI for the poorest people in this nation? Checking in on the rest of Congress, Congressman Louis Gohmert of Texas wouldn't stop making noise during a witness hearing. The gentleman, the gentleman, the witness will conclude. That's what you said well ago, and he didn't conclude. Edward Levy on the wall of his conference room, as though the current incumbent has anything but disdain for the beliefs and achievements of his predecessor. Stop the hammering out there. Who's got a hammer? Where is it? Moving on, a man purporting to be one of the people shot inside Seattle's Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone last weekend posted a video of himself yesterday, and boy, howdy, is it something else. You know, I was shot in Seattle at Chaz on Friday. The cops left me out there to die. I need help with somebody in the legal or media to get my story told and get it out there. I got shot five times. Need you guys help. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is Mama always said autonomous zone is as autonomous zone does. The state of Rhode Island is moving to change its official name over its ties to slavery. Governor Gina Raimondo signed an executive order announcing the state would be shortening its name from the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations to just Rhode Island. Rioters in Wisconsin pulled down a statue of Hans Christian Haig and dragged it through the streets of Madison. Haig was one of the Civil War's fiercest anti-slavery activists who was killed in action while leading a charge against Confederate troops at the Battle of Chickamauga in 1863. The leftist website Mashable presented this cute little video the other day. Obviously, we're not telling you to commit any crimes, and we also can't tell you to deface any property. But we thought it'd be interesting to look at a purely hypothetical way to safely remove a statue. Tip number one, you're going to want to use chains, not rope. Tip number two, use a really upbeat song. The reason the tug-of-war method works so well is because of the coordinated synchronization. Tip number three, get the f*** out of the way. Yahoo News headline, why it might be time to finally replace the star-spangled banner with a new national anthem. One of the suggestions in that story is John Lennon's Imagine. That's okay, though. We can always watch Fox News. And my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the most famous black radical revolutionary in history. If this country... If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. All right. And I could be speaking uh, figuratively. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. The NFL has canceled the annual Hall of Fame game, which was slated for August 6th because of concerns for the coronavirus. Disneyland in California has delayed their reopening amid a so-called surge in new cases of the virus in that state. The city of New Orleans tweets, the uptick in cases has not come from protests. They've come from uncontrolled, unmasked gatherings. Checking in on Joe Biden. And we must ban conversion therapy. We've lost so many transgender women of color 
to violence, 14 in this year alone. And finally, something good, a Father's Day present to remember. A user on Twitter by the name of Mariah posted the following video recently with the caption, my dad's colorblind and literally since I can remember, he's talked about wanting the glasses that help the colorblind, but they've always been super expensive. So this Father's Day, I decided to give him the gift of color. I love you so much, dad. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Home Title Lock. Working from home, staying at home all these last few months, has its trade-offs. One of them is we're doing everything online more than ever before. Working, banking, video conferencing, meal deliveries, shopping. More of it being done online than ever before, which means our data is more exposed online than ever before as well. And that's what cyber criminals are looking for. Because even if they can't take your identity, they can use that information to go online and sign your home over to them. The crime is called home title theft and FBI is warning homeowners about it because home title lock can protect you from these cyber thieves. Your home's legal title is online where they find it, use something in your personal information to identify as you, and then forge your signature stating you sold your home to them. Then they'll take out loans on your home. All of that equity stick you with all of the debt. Banks, your homeowner's insurance cannot protect you, but Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title. You can protect your home right now by going to HomeTitleLock.com HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Use the promo code Steve to get 30 free days of protection to help you through this current crisis. When you go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. The the colony of Rhode Island, I believe, dates back to 1625. The name dates back to 1524, meaning Island of Red, Reddish Island. 1524, which means it's it's almost 500 years old. And apparently now they are just discovering it is racist. We will discuss that coming up in the overtime today. Uh, BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go. Uh, if you are not already a Blaze TV subscriber to get a discounted subscription, blazetv.com slash Dace. Again, that's blazetv.com slash Dace. And that's also where you can go if you are a Blaze TV subscriber to watch that when it's posted later today. Let's get to some of the other things going on in the montage that, uh, that Aaron just ran down. I have to tell you, I, I know I shouldn't. <laughs> right. But I almost, I almost peed a little laughing. I, I know, I know what, here's what I'm supposed to do in uh, 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 conservative media. Here, here's what I am supposed to do. All right. I'm supposed to run with the story in the headline today. Uh, lone black GOP senator rebuked as a token by Democrats. Um, won't work with him to solve the pressing issue of in America, police brutality, right? That's what I'm supposed to do, right? That's that's is that in the? I believe that's somewhere in the uh, in the in the clickbait to whore uh, guide uh, handbook that they give you when you start working in this industry. Black GOP senator yeah. owns the list. Yes. Did you get? Did you, you guys didn't get your copy this year? The updated uh, guidelines. No? I have an old copy. You have yes. An old copy? They, they, okay. they don't refresh that one. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, screw that noise. I'm going to throw that out, okay? Because uh, I have to laugh. I, I have to laugh instead. I mean, Tim Scott and the Republicans right now are, are to the left of where Barack Obama and the Democrats were 
on, on this subject just a few years ago when they left the White House. They're to the left of where Obama and the Democrats were a few years ago, and the Democrats still won't take a deal. Still won't take it. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's like the, is that, just pick any issue. Pick an issue. Didn't we, wasn't this immigration a couple of years ago? Isn't that we had to have shut down, right? Because Trump offered them twice the amount of DACA amnesty that they asked for. And then the Democrats said, no, all the amnesties or nothing. Remember that? Yes. He offered them twice the dreamer amnesty, twice the dreamer amnesty numbers than they had originally asked for in the original Obama DACA. Democrats said all the amnesties for Evs, racist, and we had to have a government shut down instead. <laughs> all right. it's the oldest Republican trope of them all. No, no, no. It's the second oldest. Uh, Screw conservatives is the oldest Republican trope of them all. Screw Screw the conservatives. The second oldest is negotiate against yourself with Democrats, right? Remember all those years that John Boehner would go up there with the budget fights to the White House and Obama's offer was, well, you can slit your throat or I'll do it for you. I mean, that's, that was the same offer as last year. Boehner would come out, you know, the pack of Marlboro Reds, hold court out there outside the White House, negotiating against himself. Remember those years? Good times, right? You know, when the <clears throat> Tea Party elevated him to power. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I, 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 I can't, I can't. I'm I'm out of anger over this. I've I've expended so much anger over this over the years. I have none left. I can now only laugh. It's like the Republicans are like, I can almost hear Mitch McConnell's conscience, what little of it there is. Well, um, we even sent you our one black senator. To just to show, uh, you know, how uh, serious about this we, uh, we are. You know, and I'm even wearing my mask. I'm wearing my mask right now. I'm wearing a diaper on my face now. It might even be soiled. I don't know. Right? I'm wearing a soiled diaper on my face right now. (laughs) Isn't that what happened, though? (laughs) It's what happened. It's funny because you know that's what he's thinking. You know it's what he's thinking. I'm trying to cut a deal. Um, you know, we, we agree that the police are all racist. We we agree. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, I couldn't agree more. Um, I hate my base even more than you do. And I mean, because I know they're going to vote for or vote for me anyway, uh, for judges. <laughs> right? And Democrats are all still like, cool story, bro. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Give me a second. I hate this party so much. Gosh, I hate him. The heat of a thousand suns. I just, I hate him. Hate him. Hate them. Want to talk right? about Carly Fiorina? No. <laughs> no. I'll just, I'll quietly take that vindication and and just, and keep that one to myself. Don't be a bad influence, Erzin. <laughs> Why else am I here at this point? But just to watch them do everything. I mean, it, all dude, I'm shocked Tim Scott did not deliver that talk while on one knee yesterday. All right? 
I'll preach. Okay. I mean, and to see the Democratic Party come back with Nah, gee. Nah, we're out. 5,000, though. Pour one out. Pour one out for police brutality. We're out. 5,000, G. Oh, my gosh. Hold on a second. Grandma. 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 Okay. Let's move on to the next Steve, do you know how many black trans people died last year? Yeah. So, where was I just last week? Do you guys remember where I was last week? The People's Republic. I was. Showtime! I was was in the People's Republic of California. Californication. You bet. I was there for three full days working on the movie adaptation for my book, A Nefarious Plot. I was all over Southern California. I was at LAX twice. uh, Both a weeknight and then a weekday during the day for several hours waiting to board my flight TSA um, drove all over Southern California Burbank LA Pasadena ate out ate two meals out every day I was only in my hotel room coming back for bed the rest of the time I mean we were working all right so I mean we were in brainstormings storyboardings so uh, ate, I ate I'm a I'm an intermittent fast guy so I eat two meals a day typically lunch and dinner <clears throat> ate lunch out every day dinner out every day the restaurants had just opened in California the, the LA County was just reopening when I was there why do I bring this up? Well, Disneyland out there in L.A. County has decided it is going to, uh, it's going to delay its reopening. It was going to be, I want to say, July 10th. It was going to be July 10th is when Disneyland uh, in Cal- Southern California was going to reopen. They have decided to delay it just for the time being. They haven't put a new date on it. They're still going to open the shopping district up on the 9th of July like they had planned. But the main park itself, they're going to delay the reopening now because... Do you know what the number one county for new cases in America is right now? Which new cases, by the way, means positive test. The number one county for positive tests in America right now for coronavirus is Los Angeles County. Now, here's what's fascinating about that. If all the panic porn you have been sold for the last three plus months is true and you're being sold right now, if all, like yesterday, did did you know... Did you know yesterday was the lowest number of deaths of coronavirus on a Wednesday since before the lockdowns began? Can't have football, Steve. Did you know this? If you lived in any other country, you would. If you lived in any other country, you would. I had a... I had if, a you, if you listen to sports radio anywhere in the country, yep. I promise you, you don't know that. I agree. Unless, unless you listen to Clay Travis or a few other people, yeah, yeah. you don't know. I agree. If... Um, that thought was so good it made me forget what I was about to say. Oh, I had a conver- I was on the phone yesterday talking to a, a, a longtime friend of mine, somebody I've known for almost 20 years. And he also happens to be the CEO of one of the largest media groups in America. And, and, and we got to talking about what's going on with this virus. And he, and he was telling me how much it's cost his, his business this year, what it's going to cost his business. And, and I said to him, now, he is not uninformed. He's a very smart cookie, all right? But he's also not, he's, you know, a guy typically that runs a company of this magnitude. He's working 
eight days a week, 29 hours a day. And then the, whatever times he has left are for his wife and his kids, right? Okay. So he's informed, but he's not, he's not following this every single day, which means he needs third-party sources to keep him informed. And I asked him, hey, did you know that in the state of North Carolina, they did a statewide scientific random sample antibody study of that state? Is North Carolina an insignificant state? Nope. No, no, not at all. And, and they came back with 10% of the population had antibodies in that state. And he was blown away by that number. And I asked him, did you know about this? Because this story is actually a week old. These findings were released on June, tw- on June 18th, so a week ago. And I asked him, did you know about this? And he said, this is the first time hearing about it. If he lived in any other free country on earth, I promise you'd all have heard about this. Every last one of you. You're, you're living in the only free country on earth lying to themselves about this virus. You're being told about this increase in hospitalizations in Texas, right? The, 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 the spokeswoman for the Texas Hospital Federation finally had to come out yesterday and address this. What were the numbers in, in Houston? I believe it was 12.9% of their current hospitalizations in Houston were COVID-19. In Austin, the number was 10%. 12.9% in Houston, 10%, which you're being told Houston's the new New York City. That's what they're telling you, Houston's the new New York City. 12.9% of the hospitalizations in Houston yesterday were because of COVID-19. 10% was the number in Austin. Those are, I don't know what to tell you. Well, Steve, are you saying that they're all lying? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. You're, now, now, not everything is a lie. Some of it, there's a, there's a worldview difference here. And, you're, and, and we talked about this at the beginning of this virus as well. This progressive notion that we can always come up with the idealistic solution, right? That, 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 there, that we can contrive equality, whether we call it a welfare state, affirmative action, create your program, create your, create your, uh, your, your policy outcome. But the idea that we can not create an equality of opportunity, but an equality of an outcome. And, and there's a lot of people that aren't liars that are buying into this because it's their worldview. That's, that, so, so, so they're fixated on the amount of new cases. Because they're starting from the premise that we can, we can get to on our own somehow. It's never been done in all of human history. There's never been an eradication of a virus without a vaccine in all of human history. And I think smallpox might be like the only virus we've ever just eliminated ourselves. Sometimes they burn out and go away like the first SARS did. But we have never, ever in human history, just on our own, been able to defeat a virus of this magnitude. And so they think they're so fixated on new cases, new cases, new cases. And, and, the, and, and some of these cases, it's not that these people are intellectually dishonest. They just have a different worldview. They, they, they are starting from the assumption that an ideal solution can always be found. And no, they can't. It's like Sammy, the great prophet Sammy Hagar said yesterday. We're all going sometime. At this point, dude, I gotta get back on tour. I got mouths to feed. I'll take my chance with the Rona. I'm dying anyway. That, see, that's the difference. The other side of the worldview accepts that this is not a perfect world. Therefore, perfect solutions are largely and almost exclusively unattainable. 
So you do the best you can with what you have. And sometimes, sometimes you can do better than what you could do in another era and another time. You can do better, right? You can evolve at times. But ultimately, there is a limit on what a human being or even a group of them can achieve. You're basically saying with coronavirus, if I'm hearing you correctly, that there's a lot of people looking at this thing like, uh, if we just tore down Mount Rushmore, we could really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, 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 that there's some number of days you could be locked down that the virus would then just go away. Well, that brings me back to Los Angeles County. See, the rest of us are like, we can't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Let's do everything we can. I mean, I told you how many times day one. I'm still tell- I, I still am a little hesitant. Like, I'm not as offended about wear a mask at an indoor event. I know that may get me excommunicated from conservative media, but I, I'm really not. If my church told me to wear a mask at an indoor, for us to all go back into the main, to the main facility where there's a 15 to 2,000 seats on a Sunday, three times a week, they want us to wear a mask for the time being, I would do it. I have no problem with it. And I, I say that acknowledging that much of the mask stuff is propaganda. I understand that. But, but that doesn't mean there's no merit to it either. I, I just refuse to fall for a false choice of panic on one side and uh, here, hold, here, mom, hold my beer on the other. There's no reason to be wearing a mask outdoors anywhere, particularly this time of year. That's not doing anything for you at all. Indoors is different. Breathing all that recycled air, climate controlled. My own research, which has been, has my research been pretty good so far? Yeah. Yeah, it tells me SARS viruses love those sorts of environments. So I I would, you know, I think you have to take this on a case-by-case application. Okay? But LA, but, but we can't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Eventually, we're all dying of something. I checked the death rate again this morning worldwide. It's still 100%. Everybody's dying. Everybody's going to die. So the question is, are we doing everything we can do right now? Well, how do you do better than L.A., which locked, which had one of maybe the strictest lockdown in America? Remember, it's Mayor Garcetti was on television openly incentivizing snitches for people that were violating the lockdown. Cash rewards. Remember the videos of people they chased down on the beaches? Do you guys remember all this? Oh, yeah. Yep. So they had one of the strictest lockdowns in the country. They, and, and your media is trying to retcon this. Like I saw the Today Show do this yesterday, put California with Texas and Arizona, and then ask, did these states reopen too soon? Well, one of these things is not like the other. California just reopened. I was there when it just reopened. My hotel, still the gym wasn't open. The restaurant had just opened in my hotel. My Uber driver told me that their corporate stats still showed, even after a few days of being reopened, their company was only operating at about 20% of the business they typically do in Los Angeles County in a given day. People wore masks everywhere. I saw people wear masks in cars, everywhere they walked. I was one of the few people in LA that wasn't wearing a mask and the people I was with, we were one of the few people walking outside not wearing masks in between events. Everywhere we went indoors, we did wear a mask. LAX was demanding you wear masks because LA County was still under an emergency order, was playing over the PA system of the airport the whole time. We drove from Burbank to LAX on a Saturday in the middle of the afternoon in less than 20 minutes. The guy who drove me told me that's unheard of. He's never seen that in his life because no one was on the roads. 
I wanted to go see the Rose Bowl. We took a nice little detour. And, and do, do you, if you want to take a detour driving the interstate in Southern California, grab a Snickers. You're not going anywhere for a while. That, that three hours later, we're back on schedule. We did that in 15 minutes, man. Pulled off the exit. I got a chance to go stand, do the make, make the Hodge to see my old, see the goat, Keith Jackson. We were back home. Maybe, maybe 30 minutes out of our way and time spent walking around. That was it because nobody's driving. I arrived in LAX on a Wednesday night, seven o'clock in the evening. Ghost town, man. Ghost town. No one there. Saturday morning, got there about 10, 30, 11 o'clock in the morning for my flight. Got through TSA at LAX on a Saturday in less than, from the time I was dropped off, I was at my gate through TSA and everything in less than 10 minutes. What? Yeah. It's dead there, guy. It, it's dead, Jim. It's dead. It's dead. I was just there. I saw it with my own eyes. No, people weren't leaving to go on vacation. There was nobody again at LAX. Nobody on the interstates. So maybe they're transporting somewhere. I don't know. But nobody was going anywhere. No lines at any restaurants. We just got right in. On a Friday night in Southern California. Just walked right in at 7 o'clock for dinner. No way. No, no, no. The surge in new cases in L.A. County contradicts every ounce of panic porn you have ever been sold. This is the new Sweden now, but in reverse. Don't let them get away with memory holding it. We certainly won't on this show. And plus, I was just there and saw it with my own eyes. More in a moment. Buying or selling a home in any in any environment can be a difficult, stressful process, especially if you're doing if you're if you're doing the uh, the double play there. I've done that before, selling on one end and then buying on the other at the exact same time, managing that. I mean, if I didn't have uh, the agent that we had, what was that 14 years ago now? I mean, I still see him at the supermarket here in town or at youth sporting events. I mean, I still sing his praises. I mean, he made that process as simple for me as absolutely and stress-free for me as absolutely possible. All right. So that's, if you can find a real estate agent you can trust like that, make sure you hold on to them. If you're looking for a real estate agent like that, that you can trust, then you want to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's the website. Realestateagentsitrust.com. It comes down to this. You're looking for an agent that goes in and then all in for you until the very end that's an adult you don't have to babysit you don't wonder you know uh are they going to call me again with only a three minute warning hey i've got a hot one here can they come look at your house when you just got home from work the kids just got home from the schools that they may never be allowed to return to right no you want to make sure you've got an agent that works for you understands that that's their job is to make the process work for you. An agent that you can trust. To find that person, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, as I said uh, a little while ago, the dude code does not permit you to, only in the rarest of circumstances, admit that another dude came up with an idea that you wished you would have. Right. Um, to, to even if that happens a couple of times in a short period of time, you are to not acknowledge it because um, now you're on that dude's jock. 
you're in groupie territory. Just, it's just not acceptable according to the Duke Code, right? But in the in the rarest of circumstances, and provided it is only infrequently, you are permitted to admit, damn, I wish I'd have come up with that. And that happened to me on Saturday. Taking a day off, checking in every now and then on what's going on with the world, knowing that it would just be as dumb on Monday when I get back. And I check in and I see something trending on my feed and I'm like, how did I not think of this like three or four? It was just right there the entire time. But our, our guest here today, he got to it first. It's our good friend, Jesse Kelly. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Going on, Steve. Look, to be honest, I didn't start the idea. I mean, Ann Coulter wrote an article about it. My buddy Buck Sexton then told me about it on Friday because I hadn't read the article yet. He told me it's really weird how leftists are mad at all these Confederate statues and want to rename all the bases when Elihu Yale or Elihu Yale, the guy who founded Yale, was an actual slave trader. And right when he told me that, I got a, I got I got to thinking. I thought, you know, we could probably do something with that. We could probably blatantly hijack their movement, use their own anger against them and their own little university monsters against them, and go after America's university system, which should be burned to the ground anyway. And it just kind of launched. How, were you shocked? I mean, when I logged on, this this thing was already is already lit. I mean, it was already like trending number one in the world on Twitter when I, when I saw it on Saturday, okay? Were you surprised at how organic that was? How, how gullible so many people on the other side were glomming onto this and be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Burn Yale to the ground. Were you surprised at how easy it was to get them to sign up to this? Yes and no. I will tell you, I knew, I mean, there are some ideas you have, you know this, whenever you do what we do, some ideas you have, you're not sure whether they're going to work or not, and then some will surprise you and some will flop. I knew the idea was good. I, I knew it was a good idea. I knew it was going to get some traction. I had no clue it would end up trending number one worldwide and blowing up. I've got congressmen texting me about the thing, a senator texting <laughs> me about it. Like I had no idea the thing would launch into the stratosphere like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it did work well because, as you said, the other side is so broken, so mad, so super SJW woke about everything. They grabbed it and took off with it too thinking I was being serious. And then you had a bunch of lefty journalists out there saying, no, 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 he's not being serious. He's making you all look stupid. But by that point, it had already gotten way past late. where they could control it. Right. I, we, I think guys like you and I and audiences like ours understand what the impulse driving this on the left is, right? The, the postmodernism, the anti-Westernism, right? That, that, that we understand that the, these are nihilist iconoclasts that just want to tear down Western civilization, okay? What do you think their end game is, though? Like, like where do you think, if, if we were in their huddles, where would be the place that they would be like, and that's where we win? What, what does that look like? Do you know? I... I think you and I make that mistake because I make that mistake too of thinking they have a plan or an end game because you go into everything, Steve, and you have a plan. Mm -hmm. You have an end game, whatever mm -hmm. you do, family life, business life, whatever, you have a plan and an end game. They, all these people can be described as that old way used to describe criminals, you know, hurt people, hurt people. All these people are miserable human beings, whatever their socioeconomic status. I mean, half these kids are rich suburban white kids, but they're unaccomplished, 
miserable, parents never challenged them, or parents told them they were victims their whole lives. They don't necessarily have an end game. They want to hurt. They want to tear down. They want to rip apart the whole world around them because they think that will clear that will fill up that hole inside of them. But that's just the point. Nothing will except for accomplishment. That one thing is an absolute fact. There's not a single person at any one of these statue pullings or anything like that that is a well-adjusted person with a beautiful spouse they love, raising healthy kids, good career, hmm. great car. Nobody who has it together is driving downtown to hang with those dirt balls and tear down a statue. You're a miserable loser in society, and you're mad about that, so you just want to wreck some. Something else that's pretty obvious, and that is well said, by the way. Something else that's pretty obvious. Um, somehow Rhode Island wasn't, <clears throat> pardon me, Rhode Island, rice, uh, oatmeal, uh, maple syrup wasn't racist the eight years Barack Obama was president, but it is now, right? And so you can see the way that the Democratic Party is, try- is cynically trying to channel this. You know, they're looking at places like Milwaukee County, where 20,000 black voters that voted for Barack Obama twice did not show up to vote in 2016 at all. And that's pretty much the entire margin of victory that, jo- that Donald Trump had in the state statewide. And that happened in Philadelphia, and that happened in Detroit, and it happened in Flint. It happened in a lot of the inner cities of these Rust Belt states they lost. And I think that's why they've made everything extra super fragilistic, racist the last few years, is they don't have an inspiring candidate like an Obama. And so they're trying to to negative reinforce that base to, to show up for whoever they ended up, whatever old person they ended up nominating this time, ended up being Joe Biden. I get that. But I think they believe cynically that if they get their way and Biden wins in November, that they're just going to put, you know, this swarm of locusts. They're just going to tuck it back in, in the closet, put it back under the bed. All right, thanks. You guys did your job. You destabilized the culture. You made Donald Trump the new Jimmy Carter. We won. Appreciate that. We'll take it from here. Thank you. And I think that will be the fascinating next wave of this is if they are able to curd these cats, Jesse, when they you know this, you're, you're a soldier, right? You've seen it in other parts of the world that there are dictators that think they can let out certain radical elements within their within their religion to do their dirty work for them. And then they find out later on, though, they can't put those guys back in the box, right, when, they, when you let the genie out. It seems to me the Democratic Party thinks that they can do that with this insurgent leftist element. I actually think they can, Stephen. I see what you're saying, but I think they can because we're, what we're really forgetting here is all this rioting and, and killing and looting and tearing down of statues. This is all done in these Democrat-run cities where Democrat mayors have complete power, total 100% power. To go to their police chief and say, make it stop, make it stop right now. And not one of them is doing it. However, if a Democrat gets elected president, each and every one of these Democrat mayors will go to his police chief or her police chief and say, make it stop. That that chop zone in Seattle, the Seattle mayor will be in the police chief's office about 30 seconds after Joe Biden's elected mm-hmm. saying, uh, yeah, that stops right now. Yeah, I agree and with you. Stop it. That's why that's why I joked with my audience about two months ago. The quickest path to everything getting back to normal in America, your high school, your, your proms, your sporting events, everything is for Joe Biden to get elected president. That's far more likely than a vaccine to ever occur. I told my audience that two months ago. I, 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 I completely agree with that, but it will be fascinating to see if we're both right about this because we've, in our lifetimes, we've never seen them let this out as much as they have this time, right? I mean, I mean, this is this is this is an orgy 
of insurgency right now in the country. And it'll, it will be fascinating to see if they can just turn that light on and put all of those people right back in the corner. What is also, uh, what is predictable that we're seeing though, and you mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, and I, when I, when, when you, I hadn't seen it till you pointed it out, and then I literally peed my pants laughing so hard. I almost did it again laughing about it when we talked about it on the show. I mean, Tim Scott it did everything yesterday but do his speech from a knee, okay? I mean, Republicans are trying to move to the left of where Barack Obama was on law and order when he left office. They're doing everything they can, and Democrats are all like, Cool story, bro. Pour one out. 5,000 G, we're out. We got nothing. I mean, and, 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 and it doesn't matter the issue. We have just seen this for so many years. Republicans will do everything they can. Remember, remember when Trump offered them twice the DACA that Schumer said that he wanted? And then he said, no, actually, it's going to be every amnesty so in, or, or nothing. How many more times do you think the Republican Party is going to negotiate them, with, with themselves with the Democratic Party before they figure this out, do you think? Forever. Either they're going to wake up or we're going to have to have a third party, Steve. I, I've never, ever, ever been a third party guy just because it's suicide. But if this gets much worse, I'm going third party. I'm telling you, I'll start the daggone thing myself. Uh, the fact that we have American cities burning, looting, rioting. We have polls show this 70 percent plus of the American people are screaming for law and order. Back our police. Obviously, you know, if, uh, if an individual police department has to be reformed, that's fine. But back the police. And what's the GOP do? They put out a watered-down police reform bill piling on the anti-cop rhetoric and roll Tim Scott out there of this is, a, this is what has to happen. We need a new federal program, and this is what Republicans do every single time. Why are Republicans in, in the Senate not the ones proposing to reform universities? That's actually changing the narrative. Instead, Republicans play the Democrats' game on the Democrats' field uh, with the Democrat referees enforcing the Democrat rules, and they wonder why government has only grown for 100 years what a useless bunch of eunuchs we have along those lines i'm i'm a big data guy i've been been involved in politics at an analytical level for years so i've done polling i've studied polling i've i've done the least amount of studying of polling in this cycle than i have in my whole career because at this point i just think they're just going to lie about everything now okay but i i did see this data point earlier today that i found fascinating the most recent poll that came out that was terrible for trump If you look at its internals, he's hemorrhaging white voters. It's the exact opposite of what of what the the conventional wisdom would be. Well, you know, all this civil unrest and it's he actually hasn't really lost anything amongst Hispanic and black voters. He's got the same nine to 11 percent of black voters he got in 2016, the same 25, 30 percent of Hispanic voters he got in 2016. He is hemorrhaging white voters. And I think it is because of this lack of law and order, the, uh, the, the, the uh, allowing this to go on. And I think, I think people are just increasingly frustrated why they are still, what we're tearing down Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, abolitionists are getting torn down now. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think it's 100% right. We're talking about Rust Belt swing voters here. And if you think Rust Belt swing voters look at Minneapolis burning itself to the ground, American cities burning itself to the ground, people being murdered, we haven't even talked about that. They're assassinating people, murdering people all over the place. And you think Rust Belt swing voters look at that and think, man, those cops really suck? You are insane. I don't know what moron 
told the GOP that they need to jump on the police reform bandwagon, but it is honestly one of the biggest political mistakes I've ever seen in my life. What a bunch of absolute morons to even bring that up. How about creating a contrast between you and the other party? And it's not like you have to be pro-police brutality. Maybe we could just be, oh, I don't know, obeying the Constitution. If Minneapolis has a crappy police department, Minneapolis has all the power in the world to fix their police department. If Charleston does, then Charleston should. We need a new federal law. Those idiots can't even run the FBI. They're now going to run every individual police department. Come on. But they did assign 15 agents to investigate the news for for Bubba Wallace while your cities are burning. So they did they did do that. Jesse, how can our audience find you, brother? JesseKellyShow.com or just you can you could actually subscribe to my radio and TV show on iTunes. It all downloads downloads automatically. Enjoy. Always good to see you. Take care, man. Appreciate you, boss. How about uh, that conversation? I forgot to mention that data point to you guys earlier before we went on the air. Yeah, this last this latest poll I was looking at that that's terrible for Trump. He is hemorrhaging white voters, hemorrhaging them, hemorrhaging them. Yeah, well, because what those voters are looking for in this moment is Jesse Kelly. If forget the specifics of any one issue, you talk about there's a guy who just doesn't care. There, there, that's the sheriff writing and do your little uh, western music yes and he's just there's no there's no filter there's just justice and I am the one who's coming to bring it that sensibility in these kinds of moments is what people are looking for because most people know in all times that they're probably not the one they have certain skill sets. They have certain gifts. But there are people who are made for certain moments that more, more, more than others. That, that's simply a truth of all history. And uh, Jesse Kelly, just you, you hear him just talking, and he's just like, "This is dumb," and I would put a stop to it. Why is that not the case? Any president of the United States or anybody who holds the office of executive should possess this in some capacity. And the simple fact of the matter is most don't and unfortunately that may ultimately be true of this president of the united states the the fundamental reason why we are in the position that we are in is because even though there is there are still vast swaths of people who are hungry for that sense of justice and actually doing something taking action acting in a masculine aggressive way against injustice most people want that, but it's just there's 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 far too, pe- too too few people in actual positions of power who are willing to actually take some of the slings and fake arrows as well. Yeah, there's still way too many people who are terrified after decades upon decades of race baiting, terrified of being called a racist, just terrified. They're going to keep calling you a racist no matter what. A sexist, homophobic bigot, no matter what, because that's their game plan. Tim, that's Tim Scott's their, a racist that's, today. Yeah, that's that's their game plan. It's intersectionality. It's dividing people. It is the it's it's it, it is that's their game plan. I saw somebody post really really quickly. I saw somebody post on Twitter this morning. We need a Nikki Haley, uh, Tim Scott uh, ticket in twenty twenty four. And I said, yeah, oh, because gosh. then the leftists are finally going to stop calling us sexists and racists. Then that's the mindset, though, guys. Let we me guess, pe- GOP. GOP consultant, GOP consultant. Have no idea. Gotta be, gotta be. Hour two is next.
All right, back here, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Steve Dace with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. D-E-A-C-E is how the last name is spelled. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget to go to YouTube.com slash Steve Dace for samples of this show that you can view yourself and then share with others. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. You can subscribe over there as well to get highlights from this show every single day for free. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. And then finally, if you're a podcast listener, we appreciate each and every one of you. If you haven't yet done so, make sure to smash that subscribe button and then leave us a five-star review. Thousands of you have left us five-star reviews already, but we could use thousands more. And maybe you can even just, you know, leave multiple five-star reviews. I don't know if those count just the same, but there's only one way to find out. All right. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, three non-political questions. Let's get to Theology Thursday, though, brought to you by Rough Greens. You know the reason we are taking so many supplements nowadays? Because the vitamins, nutrients, uh, all that good stuff, omega oils, prebiotics, probiotics, all that stuff that we really need our food for the most is taken out. And that's because we want to mass produce it for long shelf life, for mass consumption. And if you keep all those fresh, live ingredients in there, the food spoils faster and it's more expensive to produce and distribute. So they take them out and we end up being unhealthier and we need that stuff in our food. That's why it was put in there by the good Lord in the first place. So we take supplements to supplement our own diet right? Same thing's happening to our pets. That stuff's taken out of your dog's food as well. And that's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It is not a dog food, but a premium dog food supplement. And it must be premium because our dog Cap loves it. You just sprinkle the powder on your pet's food and all of the good stuff that was taken out is suddenly right back in. And you can try it today. 14 day jumpstart to jumpstart your dog's health right now for just $14.95. When you go to roughgreens.com slash it's R-U-F-F. That's how Rough Greens is spelled. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. So we have decided we're going to tackle what, what I think is one of the absolute dumbest debates of my career. And we're going to tackle that for Theology Thursday. I mean, it it is just beyond stupid. Now, that's a high bar. It is a high bar. Well... Or a low bar, depending on the way you, <laughs> which direction you're looking, right? Okay, but it, it, it is, it is so utterly pointless that the fact it is a debate at all, it's a serious contention by people who pretend to be serious, whatsoever, is indicative of who they really are. You know, there's a lot of talk about, are there issues that are litmus tests, right? I, I used to, I, I, I sat through a presentation David Bartnett Wall Builders did like 10 years ago where he had examined the voting records of every current member of Congress. And he presented this to us and, and, and he found that the more pro-life somebody voted, the more conservative they were on virtually every issue. And the less somebody voted pro-life, the more left-wing they were on virtually every issue. And the point he made was that this is, this is, a, this is a litmus test issue. And, that if you, and, and then he said, hey, if you, if you can't trust somebody to defend your life, then you can't trust them to defend anything else at that point. That's the most fundamental right of them all, right? The right to exist, correct? Yes. And, and so he was drawing a clear 
causation there. When I was a young pup in political activism and first getting involved in it, we had an election in Iowa 15 years ago, and for the first time ever, Democrats won everything. Hadn't happened in Iowa since prior to the Civil War. And we were an original right-to-work state, and right-to-work came here knowing that the Democrats, with their union supporters, would go after the right-to-work law. And we kind of became the epicenter of a lot of the grassroots political activity that right to work was doing around the country because they saw this as a key state to defend. And a lot of the stuff that that you hear me talk about today, a lot of the stuff I wrote back in my 2014 book, Rules for Patriots, How Conservatives Can Win Again, a lot of those ideas you know, were planted, those seeds were planted in what I learned from activism from the right to work folks. And one of the things they'll tell you when, when, they, go to, when they go in to organize any state, they don't organize a state and build their list off of the right to work legislation. In any state they go to, they first build their list and organize off of the life issue and the gun issue. Why? Because their research showed the same thing that David Barton's did. The more pro-life somebody is, the more likely they are to embrace right to work. The more dedicated they are to the second amendment, the more likely they are to support the right to work. And they ended up building one of the largest pro-life Second Amendment lists in the country because this was their strategy, right? So are there litmus tests? Are there gateways that, that give us an idea? Well, a window to the soul can really point us to, because people, here's the thing, you have to be careful with this because people are complicated. Sometimes great men do bad things. Sometimes bad men do great things, right? Sometimes smart people make dumb, naive mistakes. Sometimes dumb, naive people shock you with their common sense and wisdom in a moment. We're two trillion cells that make up this thing called the human body. Two trillion. And how many synapses? And then how many temptations? How many motivations? Distractions? It's hard to be human. It's hard. We really need to show each other a lot more grace and empathy. It is hard to be human. Not assume the most sinister motivations of people instantly, every time. Especially the people that you know. They say, do things you don't understand, you think are weird, repugnant, what have you, odd, awkward. We have this thing today, and this is where we are different than previous eras of Americans. And I think social media has, has created this dynamic where even somebody that we have built a relationship with, that we know, we've broken bread with, we may be in business with, married to, I mean, you know, these are, these are meaningful relationships. They say, do, or quoted, or, or tweet, Facebook, something that you think is odd, awkward, repugnant. And it's like you don't you. It's like you didn't know anything about them prior to that moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they were, they had built no capital with you at all. And like we, so empathy out the window, benefit out, gone. There's just instant judgment, instant, and it's got to be the harshest judgment possible. Maybe human beings were always like this. I don't know. This is the only era I've ever lived in. 
But even if we were always like this, we didn't have the tools at our disposal to demonstrate this as clearly as we do today. And so even if we were instant, even if we've always been like this, or at least since the third chapter of Genesis, if you catch my drift, the ability that today's technology, particularly social media, affords us to instantly judge and denounce and condemn didn't exist in the past. And so even if you were like that, you were incentivized the other way. You, you couldn't instantly you know, gain an audience by condemning someone that you thought you knew. And so you were almost more inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt because there was no, there was no ratio to be had. No, no five likes on your Facebook page from people you'll probably never see in your life affirming you for being cool. Hey, appreciate that. Way to speak out, right? None of that existed back in the day. It exists now, today, though. And we have to remember people are complicated. I'm complicated. You are. Todd is. Aaron is. Well, Aaron may not be. Probably not. Probably not. But in general, human beings are complicated. Park yourself inside somebody's brain long enough. I don't care how righteous and pious you believe them to be. Park yourself inside somebody's brain long enough and you're going to see them marinate on a thought that you find repugnant. And you thought, I thought you were a better person than that. Why are you even thinking like that? This is the human condition, right? We're, 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 we're kind of giving you a a summary of, of Paul in Romans 7. The good that I want to do, I don't. The evil I don't want to do, I do. What a wretch am I who will save me from this, right? Right? So I, I think we need to be hesitant to say this is an ultimate revealer. That this really is the driving motivation in somebody's life if they blank. We have to be, that's not to say those litmus tests do not exist. I just think we need to be very hesitant about using them. Okay. Very rare. Like, I don't think there's 17 litmus tests. There might be one or two, maybe three. I think this could be one of them. The debate that is brand new again. And Aaron, you had a clip of this in your montage today. Mm -hmm. Was Jesus white? Was Jesus black? This is the dumbest debate. I mean, I can't even get a better class of heresy right now. I'm so disappointed. You heard me lament the other day. Where's our Genghis Khan? Where's our Attila? Where's our Saladin? Where's our Philip of Macedonia? Our Alexander the Great? Our Nebuchadnezzar? Right? Where's our, where's our Xerxes? Where's our Cyrus? If we're going to be a judged people, at least give us a conqueror worthy of losing to, of going down in history to, rather than Karen Neal and the faceless mob on a Twitter platform 80% of Americans don't have an active account on. Okay? Because that's who we're going down to right now. Similar on heretics. Where's our, can I get a Marcion? An Eric, can I get a heretic worthy of St. Nicholas punching in the face? If we got together a bunch of these folks at the Council of Nicaea and said, all right, guys, the big debate, 
what race is Jesus? They'd have been like, are you blanking kidding me? You dragged me across the fertile crescent for this, man? My wife's having her 14th kid and I'm missing it right now. We're doing this? This is why we're here? Get the, out of here, man. Five, pour one out for your brain. Eject. Okay? We can't even, even our heretics blow chunks, man. Even our heretics suck. John of Damascus literally got to debate the descendants of Muhammad. One generation after Muhammad's death. All throughout the Middle East. Debating Muhammad's followers. On whether the way was the way or Muhammad's way was the way. That's, yes. That's a showdown, right? Steve, would Jesus have used a gun? (laughs) That to me, right? Now we're like, I'm like, you're doing pull-ups on a pipe. You're getting ready for that showdown. You know, I've got to bring it, man. These shakes are for real. These caliphs are for real, man. They're running roughshod over these old Christian enclaves in the Middle East. Lebanon, gone. Turkey, gone. I mean, I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to get my Bible cardio in, man, before I, before I face down these giants, Right. That's that's a battle. That's Amen. a fight worthy of having. Was Jesus black? That that's that's what I got. I got that one. And can dudes have a period? I got that one too. I got that one. I got I got is Jesus black? Do you know what Pelagius would have said if you asked him? Can dudes have a period? If Pelagius could have gone into the future and known that centuries later, what people like him were going to unleash was going to lead to a place where we were going, the smartest people in our culture were going to be adamant that a man can have a period. We would have caught, Pelagius would have repented right there, repented right there. Gone all Jimmy Swagger. I have sinned against you. Built a pyre for himself, yes. lit it yeah. willingly. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? You guys don't have to do this. I got you. This is on me. And jumped on the pyre and lit himself on fire right there. Right there. Said, I should have known. Should have known. I got to pay this. It's on me. My bad. My bust. My bust. But here we are. Is Jesus black? And can a dude have a period? That That's your pastors confronting that. Not necessarily the stuff of Spurgeon, right? Your pastor's not, they're not doing a book of your pastor's sermons in 100 years. Pastor Jones Gold, like they did with Spurgeon, Spurgeon Gold. There's not going to be a book in 100 years. Pastor Jones Gold, as he faced down the coming onslaught, demanding and asserting that men could have a period. No, I don't think they'll be studying that in 100 years. Be like, we're just going to forget that generation ever existed. Moving on. Here we go. But here we are. He's Jewish. The end. So, uh, three non-political questions. Are, I mean, uh, that, that's it. That's it. That's the answer. That's it. That's the answer. He was Jewish. Born to a Jewish mother. 
and was born his father in a, Jewish? In, in a born in a Jewish country. Yeah, it was Jewish. So. what I got he's a Jew that's my answer he's Jewish so Todd do you have any thoughts I, I don't know what else to add I don't know what else to add to this conversation well he, he was Jewish so Jewish yeah but you throw that word around like we got a lot of history on these people and we they've ever been the subject of rigorous historical analysis who they are who they've run with who's persecuted them I don't know. I mean, this is that's like nailing jello to a wall, Steve. That, that's true. If, there, if there's a people, yes. if there's a people group in all of human history, almost nothing is known about. It's clearly the Jewish people, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, what's I mean, next? You want to talk nothing. about the Illuminati now? Yes. I, I don't is there another is there another answer to this? Which is why to me I think what is fascinating is is the way is 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 the motivation behind the question. And it, and it also shows that this isn't about equality, but get evenism. Yep. So a bunch of a bunch of white Europeans of of centuries ago came up with the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, and that's even and that was just, and that that was when even the Catholics were drawing and they just didn't know what wasps were yet. Okay. And then that tradition just continued post Reformation, where Jesus is is, is Jesus as Ubermensch, right? Um, the the uh, the 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 brunette Aryan with the blue eyes, right? Okay, okay. I, I I don't know why they did that then, and you know why I don't have to know? Because I wasn't alive then. That's why I don't I don't have to know. It was it was six seven hundred years ago. Um, I I don't I don't know. I don't. I mean. Uh, if maybe they were all racists, I don't care. I wasn't alive 700 years ago, and neither were any of you. Neither were any of you. Okay? Okay. So, that's cool. And so now we're going to go to, well, Jesus was Jesus was black. And one of the answers I've heard is, because he went to Egypt. I don't know when the Jews that when the Jews that spent generations in Alexandria were allowed to come back in 1949. Did they were they black when they came back? I don't know. Did that happen? Did, I don't know. Wait, I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, hold on. I couldn't. A defense for his being black was that he went. I, yes, yes. To I've Egypt? seen that seriously posited. Yes. What does he spent that mean? Spent his childhood in Egypt. I don't know. I, I don't. You're trans black, I guess. You can, I, I don't know. I don't, I, is, I don't know. I don't, that, I, I, I don't know because I'm sane. That, That's why I don't know. But I've, I've, I have seen this seriously posited by people as evidence that Jesus was black because he came out of Egypt. Is that like, is like Steve Martin? Yeah. I was born a poor black child? What? I, 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 I mean, I, I really think what this is, is for the woke, the woke Christians, progressive Christians to stop, by the way, stop hyphenating Christianity, but whatever you... People who claim the name of Christ but are obviously uh, subscribing to a different theology, a different gospel than than, uh, orthodoxy throughout the years would prescribe. I think this is their version of, uh, well, what are the uh, horns on the dragon of the beast in uh, the book of Revelation? Uh, What what are all these, uh, you know, extemporaneous details about different things in the Bible that that you know are interesting as an aside, 
but they should not be the bedrock of our faith. And so often with the eschatology debate, it's like, uh, well, we got to get this right because this is, uh, you know, this 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 is like the bedrock of my faith here. If if I don't know the answer to this, if this is not right, then the rest of your theology is going to be screwed up. And to some degree, you can make that argument with anything in Scripture at all. Yeah. But ev- eventually, you do get to the point of majoring in the minors here, and usually, it then becomes a tool to bash other tribes. Yeah. What this is always about. This is not an academic exercise. This is not sitting down in a classroom and being like, well, based on this, this, and this, you know, Jesus probably had darker, uh, darker. No, this is, um, I'm going to use this to bludgeon you. In, because you, be, you, you and your ancestors bludgeoned me before. Yes. Because, because to get even. Yep. Essentially. Because what you do when it when it becomes anything more than a curiosity an intellectual scholar you know scholastic curiosity when you make it more than that you're actually practicing reductionism jesus didn't come to be black he didn't come to be brown he didn't come to be white he came to be human so that the gospel would be carried out and fulfilled for the jew first and then the gentile that's why jesus came but that's not what we're talking about here right all of these people saying that Jesus was black, they're actually reducing who Jesus was. Because you know what? They really don't. That guy in the clip that we had in the montage, my Lord and Savior Jesus, was the uh, was, was the most famous black insurrectionist or black rebel, whatever his terminology was. You're not you're not a follower of the Jesus that I know. No, or you're 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 not a follower of Jesus. Yeah, but a different. You're you're a member of another religion. If in what this demonstrates is the desire not to worship God incarnate as God, but to project your own agenda upon God, ultimately. Which is why I do think that this is one of those rare windows to the soul. If someone is this adamant about projecting their own biases, their own tribalism, their own preferences on God, then... um, they have made themselves God. I mean, that's, that's the oldest sin, right? Ye be like God. That's the oldest sin in the book. And that's the one that's actually being committed here. This idea that, as, as Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor says in Batman versus Superman, now God bends to my will. I project on God. You want to know the ultimate answer to what Jesus was? The ruler of God's creation. That's the answer. That's what he calls himself, actually. One of the final times he speaks in the scriptures, that's how he refers him to himself. I am the ruler of God's creation. Lord. Whether he was in Egypt for two weeks or two years. Lord, whether he spent the next 30 years of his, the other 30 years of his life in Judea, Capernaum as a Jew. Lord, that's who he is. That's what he is. It's what he is now. Lord. Far beyond and above our petty, ridiculous, silly, partisan, political, hackneyed games. But one day he will return. 
and settle accounts with those who chose to worship those things instead. And you will call him Lord that day. It's just a matter of what side of the line you're on when you do. You don't call Jesus your Lord and Savior unless you bow the knee to him. You don't make him bow the knee to you. Hell is full of people who thought that it worked that way. And it does not. And one of the great tragedies of insisting that he's black or purple or whatever is that in all of American history has any group of people bent the knee more deeply to the reality of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and where he came from in the great exodus and pain and suffering of the Jewish people than uh, uh, enslaved black America through the civil rights movement. Those people who had been treated horrendously Mm -hmm. were genuine victims, bent the knee, as you say, authentically to their Lord in that pain and were lifted up. Negro spirituals. Is there any more profound hymn to the glory of God through the reality of Jesus Christ than that? It's all right there. And this man forsakes all that for his his progressive glamour shot. Right. Right on. I mean, Jesus transcends all these divisions. Neither slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, male or female, barbarian or Sith. He, he transcends all of these things. Aaron used the term reductionism. If you try to fit him into your box, that's what you have done. And you wonder, who is he talking about in the Gospel of Matthew when he says, you know, people are going to come to me on the, on the last day and they're going to say, hey, mm-hmm. we did this and said this in your name. And I'm going to be like, dude, I don't know who you are. Depart from me, doers of iniquity, into the lake of fire with you for all of eternity. Those might be his most chilling oh, words yes. in the entire New Testament. If there's, a, He might have an equal, but there's no more chill. I totally agree. And I, I really believe a large number of the people he's talking about are people that practice this level of reductionism. The idea that we conform you into our image. We disciple Jesus. We're not disciples of Jesus. That's not the way that this works. He is Lord. You're not. Start with that. So the answer to the... So let me go back. I'll give you a better answer than was Jesus white or black. I'll give you a better answer than my... Well, he was Jewish, so there's that. I'll give you a better answer, okay? In fact, it's the same answer to would Jesus own a gun? It's the same answer to how would Jesus vote? Pick up all your cockamamie... Uh, uh, hackneyed, lowbrow, low-hanging fruit, banal, banal, vapid, vapid, worthless, daily, tribalistic screeds that you want to reduce him down to uh, addressing always by the way you prefer, by the way. Here's my answer to all of them. Jesus is Lord. That's my answer to all of them. Was he black? He's Jesus is Lord. Was he what? Jesus is Lord. Would he have owned a gun to defend himself? Jesus is Lord. That's my answer to all of them. Jesus is Lord. You know, it's amazing if you get that one right. 
truly right. The other answers in life that have a way of just kind of falling into place after that. Get that one right first. Because there's a high price to pay for getting it wrong. Maybe the highest price in all of the cosmos. So get that one right first. And I think it reveals the real passions and motivations of people. When they seek to turn him into a mascot for their cause. Every terrible thing that's been done in Christ's name all through history has been with that reductionist motivation. To reduce him to a mascot as justification for the way I wish to behave, for the cause that I wish to enlist or deploy. That's always what it is. He serves my interests. That's not the way that this works. And it's only by his mercy that you haven't been shown this already. But the time is coming when that mercy will come to an end and you will be shown. So I would accept that mercy now before it is too late. Three non-political questions are next. Admit it. Too many of us succumbed to the quarantine 15 during the dreaded lockdowns and we lost our resolve lost our discipline well that's where riduzone comes in doctor developed riduzone is an excellent way to curb cravings for those foods that uh, we just can't resist backed by two two u.s patents riduzone is the only fda accepted product that includes oea that's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster while burning stored fat so that you can reduce your calorie intake summer is now officially here Warmer weather is here to stay. Get to get outdoors. Be more active than at any point during the year. Excellent time to make this the new January for the new you. All right. And Riduzone can help you with that. Right now, if you use the promo code Steve, that's my name. When you go to Riduzone.com, which is the only place you can get it, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. Promo code Steve at Riduzone.com. You can save up to 65% off of your order and get free shipping. Excellent offer. Up to 65% off plus free shipping when you go to riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, promo code Steve. That's riduzone.com, promo code Steve. It is time for three non-political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed, three non-political questions because, I don't know about you guys, we just had too much fun talking about whether or not Jesus was black. But we, you know, all good things must come to an end, and and that conversation is one of them. Question number one for three non-political questions. What's the line between passion and emotionalism, or are those two separate things? Um... Is there a principle behind it? I would say, is, is there a principle behind it? Meaning, 
are you is 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 I would say passion drives you to zealously pursue a principle. Emotionalism, I would say, is devoid of principle. It is reactionary. It's sentiment. It's id. It's ego. Um, I emote, therefore I am. It, it seeks validation. Uh, to me, principles principles are achieved via victory. Emotionalism seeks seeks validation and and vindication more so than victory. That validation is the victory. Vindication is the victory. And that doesn't mean, by the way, all validation is bad, all vindication is bad, because it's not. But if your desire in life is constant validation and vindication, I think that you're going to be more prone to emotionalism. You're going to have a hard time, for example, acknowledging that someone doesn't affirm every one of your interests, every one of your beliefs, every one of your desires. And you can be really passionate about those things and even disagree vehemently with people. But emotionalism says, hey, the more emotional I get about this should convince you all the more that you're wrong. And, and ultimately, if you don't agree, if you don't validate and vindicate me, then I can only come up with an emotional conclusion why, which means you must be one of the worst forms of life on earth. So I would say that those are the two, those, that, that's probably the drawing line. And then I'd want to know, what made you choose to ask that question? Me? Yeah. Oh, nothing. He's <laughs> not the best color man in the game for nothing, is he, folks? Oh, Aaron, unbelievable. Emotionalism. Pocket sand. Todd, go ahead. Yeah. Emotionalism is the principle. That's yeah. it, which is why no matter... What level of argumentation you give at it? What facts? Uh, it it they won't care. It'll all be deflected, or they will use uh, uh, opposing facts uh, depending on circumstance to get what they want to achieve just the level of emotionalism mm-hmm. uh, that they want. Passion is a slave ultimately to the truth that Steve is talking about. Uh, Socrates extremely passionate about the truth so passionate that he went into the arena put all the facts on the table all the logic on on the table to see who won the day it was usually him as far as history knows but it was because he was passionate about something serve about serving something outside of himself emotionalism is pure interior id that's it that's the god that's the shiny Mm -hmm. ball i like i just got an email from a listener who was telling me about how you know discussing what's going on with race in america at home and he and he literally wrote to me that his wife and his uh young his adult son won't accept from him that there's any other viewpoint other than america is riddled with systemic racism now they might be right. Amer- Maybe America is riddled with systemic racism. I don't believe that, that that's the case. But just because I don't believe that's the case doesn't mean that it's not the case, right? My beliefs, or lack thereof, don't make something true. It's my responsibility to base my beliefs on what is true, right? Like when people tell me, well, I don't believe Jesus rose, rose again. I don't care. So 
doesn't mean he didn't. Any more than my belief that he did means that he did, right? He either did or he didn't. The question is, is, is your belief either way in that rooted in what actually occurred? That's the question. We don't conjure truth. It exists. We have to, our jobs to acknowledge the truth that exists. And he's telling me how his wife, now this is his wife, his spouse, and his son. These aren't even like coworkers or business partners or cousins, people at church. These are people he lives at home with. Shares a bed and a home with, the air with, food with, every day, right? And even in this case, they cannot fathom how he could have any other view other than America is systemically racist. That's emotionalism. That's what we're talking about right there. The idea that, I mean, how can you dare not validate what I already mm-hmm. feel to be true? That's a, that's that's a living, breathing example of emotionalism to the point that even someone think about think about this think about this for a second. His wife trusts him enough to get naked with him. Trusts him enough to let him sexually enter her and impregnate her. Is that a pretty vulnerable? position to put yourself in front of somebody else sure it's one of the most vulnerable we can do in all of human existence right to allow a man to enter me and impregnate me i can't there's there's i almost as, as a woman a woman almost can't make herself more vulnerable to a man than that right yeah so she trusts him at this level but doesn't trust to hear why he might have a different point of view on a political issue does that make any sense to you no, but that's but that's what emotionalism does. That's the power because you you that inside of you that you, you, you can talk about this thing a system affects you out there. You can say I'm not racist, and that could be true. But no, you don't understand the system outside you. But your internal emotion is such that you can't possibly admit or conceive that there's a system outside of you. That has manipulated you this whole time to think something that is so chaotic. It's it's remarkable how this whole systemic thing. We've talked a lot in the past before these race riots about how progressives are very, very often guilty of the very thing they're accusing. uh, Progressives are entirely built up by this system of the uh, the march through the institutions they are utterly brainwashed and now they are turning that and weaponizing it in another direction well said um so for for, for me one, one of the i don't mean to be so flippant there a few minutes ago steve but one of the applications one is what you're talking about in the political realm the the other is is uh worship and now that we're back in church again and and kind of worshiping together corporately is uh, the, the notion we've talked about before of, and it should not be this big of a deal, but some people like to make it into a big deal, of raising your hands when you're singing, that type, type of thing. And so it got me thinking about this question as well. What's the difference between passion and emotionalism? And I think they are not on a spectrum. They're two separate things. Passion is what drives you internally. Emotion is what you may or may not show on the outside. I would say passion... Passion is um, passion is what drives you. Emotion is again on on the outside. Passion 
is um, passion is not a performance. So that's all that is to say. I don't think that they, they exist on the same spectrum. So somebody can be very emotional and, and passionate at the same time, but just because their emotion doesn't mean that what they're passionate about or the passion that's driving them is necessarily any more or less, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but okay. of, course, of course, emotionalism, that's what you just talked about. That so dominates every single facet of our existence. All right. A couple of less um, political ones for non-political questions. Uh, Question number two. If the following movies or movie series are vying to be on your Mount Rushmore of movies, which one are you knocking out? So you have five options here. You got to get rid of one. All right. Okay. A, Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. B, Nolan's Batman trilogy. C, the Marvel Cinematic Universe D, 1978 Superman, or E, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Which one are you knocking out? You're killing me. I hoped so. You're killing me. uh, Forgive me, Aaron. The last one was what? Oh, Raiders. uh, Yep, Raiders of the Lost Ark. This one's easy for me, and I understand why it isn't, but because we're talking about this. All of them are a series of movies you're talking about. The, it, not all of them. The last two are not a series of movies. Oh, see, the that, individual entries. Those yeah. individual entries. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to choose uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. As much as I love it, Raiders of the Lost Ark would be the one I would do. Well, I would still, I would do Superman. You would do Superman? I would Superman. I can understand why you would. I, 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 I've seen the movie yeah. hundreds well, and hundreds of times. It's it, as meaningful a yes, movie it, as you've yes, ever had yes, in your life. I, yeah. I'm not denigrating it, but I there's would. A, there's a literally, the movie owns literally a piece of my heart. And I finally found the You Will Believe a Man Can Fly poster from the 70s to the movie. I finally found it. I just ordered it to put in my man cave. So, I, I mean, I, I can't get rid of it. But I can't get rid of any of them, but I would choose Raiders. If you if it feel like I'm choosing one of my kids, I guess I'm. That's the I guess that's the one that uh, I think has the best chance on its own. <laughs> so I'm going with Raiders of the Lost Ark, I guess. Um, I have never seen 1970 the 1978 Superman, so I, I, unfortunately that one's the one. I uh, you would probably out. think it's cheesy in your generation, I would guess. Uh, question number three: What's one thing you thought was going to be fun but ended up not being so? Uh, conversely, one thing you didn't think was going to be fun but ended up being so um macaroni and cheese pizza i thought was going to be a ton of fun <laughs> and it wasn't okay uh and it wasn't much more fun coming out than it was going in and it was one of those things t- separately i love those two things but together they should just stay separately so i would say macaroni cheese pizza i'd put that on the list of not as fun as i thought it was going to be on the way in um Something that was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Ballet recitals with the girls. Um, One of the things I miss. You know, it's funny when you have kids. Little girls are the best, man. They are the freaking best. Then when they get older, though, and you start worrying about boys and stuff, you're like, boys are the best, man. (laughs) All right. right, but But I miss having little girls. I'd miss having little girls to dote on with daddy crushes and and spoiling them and everything else. I miss it. And I thought ballet recitals, man, no way. But I miss every June going and seeing them, when, especially when they were little, in their outfits and how hard they worked all year, how much effort they put into that. 
And no, I don't care about any of your kids. So I always slept through the whole recital, except the parts where my kids performed. I literally just fell asleep. But I, I miss that. That's, that's, that's something I that's miss. That's true news. Yeah. I, I believe that's true news. You gave me a, uh, yeah, you nailed it with the last one. Uh, first one, oh, something I thought would be fun but wasn't. Uh, that's Star Wars after the trilogy <laughs> of our youth. I mean, is there a greater dropped ball? This man is scarred. In cinematic scarred. history. Hey, scarred. Hey, come at me, bro. Yeah. You know, it's true. Yep. It's, uh, it's a tragedy. So I could go Justice League then from when I thought it was going to be fun and it wasn't. I could go with that. Yeah, I hear you. Well, and to, and to riff off of what Steve said, I, as a father of four daughters, and I believe I've said this on the show before, but um, if you would have told me um, before I had any kids at all, if there would be even... A, would there be some sense of loss if I didn't have a son? I, 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 I'm pretty sure I would have said yes, just because I'm a guy and teaching him to play baseball, you know, all that stuff. And it's not, my daughters all turned out to be athletes because they're athletes, not because I made them or anything like that. But I, I honest to be true, as anything I know about what God has planted in my heart, there has been no sense of loss. Uh, of not having a son and i mean and, and right now as it stands uh my my two siblings don't have uh children of their own let alone a son so the the, the urza name actually is not going to live on probably but it's there's just zero sense of loss that 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 level of gift and grace uh that god has uh bestowed on me as he did on steve in uh, four daughters um so what well done on um, letting me ride your coattails uh, on that answer, but I-, I had to echo it because it's undeniably true. Well said. One thing I thought was going to be fun, but uh, it didn't end up being, oh man, the juxtaposition of this compared with you guys' last two answers. Indoor mini golf last year. <laughs> I was so looking forward to that. We got this indoor mini golf joint called Glow Golf. I think I've done it before, it yeah. And it's oh just my like, gosh, it's, it's so lame. lame. Yeah, it, it is, is lame. just the most is, lame thing. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I did not think was going to be fun, but ended up being fun. Uh, more of a macro view. I, I didn't used to like car rides that much. Now, all I would like to do in my free time, if I could, which I can't all the time is, um, is go for rides and drives. Same thing with flying. We're going to stick around and do some overtime for our blaze TV subscribers at blaze TV.com slash dace for the rest of you. Have a great Thursday. We're back at it tomorrow with the Dace group noon to two Eastern right here on blaze TV radio and podcast after Glenn Beck until then John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the blaze radio network.